Good morning. Today's reading is Matthew 6, 1 through 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. You have heard it said, money does not buy happiness. You've heard it said, give credit where credit is due. You may have even heard it said, sow your seed of faith, and one day you will reap a harvest of material blessings. But what does Jesus have to say? Once again, we find ourselves here today in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew, in the middle of Jesus' longest recorded sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Up until now, Jesus has been talking about the law, showing again and again and again that the requirements of the law are not down here where we think they are, but they are set up exceedingly higher than we can possibly imagine. You know, you thought you shall not murder meant that you just don't do the final blow, you don't finish them, but Jesus says actually murder begins in the heart, it begins with anger. You thought you shall not commit adultery just meant you don't actually do the deed, but really, as Jesus says, really, it begins in the heart. Through these examples and many more, Jesus has been tearing down any sense in his listeners and in us that we're actually righteous. You know, you thought the bar was down here, but it's actually so far up that my hand doesn't even reach it. The very last thing that Jesus said last week was this. You, therefore, must be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. You must be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Does that sound to you like something you can do? Does that sound like an achievable goal? Or does it sound like this? Does it sound like Jesus is closing off a section that he opened by saying this earlier in the sermon. He said to his disciples, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And so time and time again, he shows how that works, closes that. So where do we go from here? We just heard, you're not perfect. You don't measure up. You can't get in the kingdom of heaven on your own. And now let's have some practical advice about giving to the needy. So where is, where is that coming from? 
Well, today marks a big shift in this sermon. It marks a pivot point. And to understand what's going on, we actually have to go back to where we've been. As it turns out, Jesus has been on this tangent. Look back with me, if you can, to the the beginning of chapter 5. The very start of this sermon. Jesus began this sermon on the mount with the Beatitudes, with the, the ways that his disciples are blessed. Then he talked about, right after that, salt losing its saltiness. You probably see that in the headings of your Bible. And then he said this, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and then put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So do you, see, do you see what Jesus is doing here? There are some people today who believe that once you believe in Jesus, you're done, right? You get to just kick back, relax until you die. I mean, you're expected to show up to church once a week just to, to meet your quota, warm the seats, suffer through the long, boring sermon given by the grass preacher, and then somehow God will, God will honor that. But this is... Not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is challenging that right here. This is what he's actually saying. You have been freed to use your freedom to go and do good works, to let your light shine before others so that they might see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And did you know that even the most staunchly I'm saved by grace passage in the whole Bible, even it goes here too. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10 For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You know, that's that's the part that everyone remembers from this passage, but it continues. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. You know, you are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, not by works, not a result of works. And immediately after Jesus says this right here, it says you need to let your light shine before others, he's got to dial it back and he's got to qualify this because people will want to go there. People will want to think that they need to be doing these things to be righteous. So Jesus unpacks this whole thing, and this is the tangent that we've been on with Jesus for the past few weeks. You know, you thought the standard was down here, but actually it's up here. The standard's perfection. You can't reach perfection by doing good works, but you can do good works once you've been clothed with Jesus's perfection. That's good enough to deserve saying again. You can't reach perfection by doing good works. But once you've been clothed with Jesus's perfection, then from that point, you can do good works. So the stage is set, right? Jesus has told his disciples in no uncertain terms that they are in no way supposed to trust in their works to make them righteous. But they are still supposed to go and let their light shine, to do good works in front of other people, in the sight of other people, so that those other people will see the good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. 
And so now Jesus comes to this point in our sermon. Chapter 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Time out. Pause. Which one is it? Because earlier in the sermon, Jesus said, let your light shine. Do these things in front of other people. Let them see it. Let them see it and give glory to God. And now he's saying, beware. Beware of doing your good deeds in front of other people. Beware of being seen by them. Beware of letting them see you do good things. So which one is it? Are we supposed to do good works in front of other people? Are we not supposed to do good works in front of other people? Well, fortunately, this is not the only place in Scripture where you get two kind of contradictory verses bumping up right against each other, right? I mean, consider this, for example, Proverbs chapter 26, verses 4 to 5. It says, Answer not, not, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So which one is it? Do you answer the fool? Do you not answer the fool? Well, wisdom understands that there are different situations and different times to apply one or the other. There's a time to speak up, and there's a time to keep your mouth shut. There's a time for this, and there's a time for that. There's situation A, and there's situation B. And so it would seem that Jesus is doing the same thing in our text today, right? There's situations where we're supposed to just let our good works be seen by other people. There's situations where you're supposed to do things in complete and total secrecy. And how do you know? How do you know which one you're supposed to do? Am I supposed to be publishing this abroad to other people? Am I supposed to be doing this in secret? Well, fortunately, Jesus tells us how we can know. He tells us the point of both of these things. Did you realize both back then he gives the point, and here in our text today he gives the point. The point of making our good works seen by other people is that they would give glory to our Father who is in heaven. So if that's the case, then, then what's going on in our passage here today? Verse 2. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. You know, there's a very key word in that little ver- that section of two verses there. Did you catch the word? This is one of the better known words in the entire Bible, even by people who have never once stepped foot inside a church. Everyone, everyone in our culture knows this word. This word shows up 17 times in the Bible, all of which are spoken by Jesus himself, and 76, more than three quarters of those, are right here in the Gospel of Matthew. As we go through this sermon series, you are going to hear this over and over and over again as Jesus denounces the people who embody it the most. This is the very first time in the entire Bible, that the word hypocrite is used. What's a hypocrite? 
I mean, you probably know, right? You have an idea of what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is someone who says one thing, but they do another. There's someone who preaches one thing, but they practice another. But in light of this text, I'd like to suggest another definition for what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is somebody who wants the glory that's due to God for themselves. There's glory that God deserves, but they want it. They want it for themselves. That's a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody who knows that God deserves the praise, he deserves the credit, he deserves the thanks, but they want it for themselves. They want people to look at them and praise them for what they are doing. And Jesus says about people like this, truly I tell you, they have received their reward. They got it. There's no more for them. As we go through the Gospel of Matthew, we're going to see that Jesus has two big issues with the Pharisees. The first one is that they are spiritually blind. They just, they just don't get it. And he's going to explain it. They're going to bring passages up for him, and he's going to say, you guys just don't get it. You know, he's going to, he's going to do battle with the Sadducees who try to work out that there's no such thing as the resurrection. He's going to say, you guys don't understand the scriptures. You're wrong because you don't understand. You don't see it. You're blind. You blind Pharisees. But then the other big issue he's going to have is that they're hypocrites. This is what he's going to eventually say about them down the line. He says, the Pharisees, they do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, And they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. So what kind of person would want this? What kind of person would know that God deserves this glory, but they want it for themselves? Well, practically speaking, it's a big temptation for any guy who steps up into this pulpit, especially for me. Many of you have not heard my, my full testimony story, but you may not know, I'm, I'm only reluctantly standing here today. When I was a high school senior, I was the president of my youth group, and my church put on a, a youth-led service, so guess who they asked to preach? So I got up there, and you'd figure I'd have stage fright, but I'm an extrovert. My wife knows this very well. I'm a very extroverted person, so I gave the people what they wanted, and I entertained them, and I told jokes, and I loved the spotlight, and I loved the attention, and I loved the praise, but it was all for nothing because I did not actually trust in Jesus as the Lord of my life. I made a mockery of the pulpit on that day, and I was ashamed of it for years. So when God called me, in 2020, and said, Ben, I want you to go to seminary. I want you to feed my sheep. I said, God, please send someone else. Send Fletch. Send Eric. Send Josiah. Send Steve Covellis. And somebody else other than me, because I don't want to be up there. I don't want to turn this into a circus. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Father, let no man who steps up into this pulpit 
in this church ever be here just for the praise, just for the attention, just for the applause. Let no man ever step in here just for themselves. Let this be a place where you get the glory. Truly I say to you, says Jesus, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But that's not just me up here, is it? This is a temptation that you all face. I mean, Jesus starts this whole chapter off with the word beware. Do you know what the word beware means? It means this is not something that you could fall into in some kind of freak accident. It's something that we all have a temptation towards. We all have a temptation when we do good deeds in front of other people for them to say, wow, look at you. You're such a great person. Man, you're so wonderful. And we all have that temptation to say, yeah, I I am, aren't I? When the glory belongs to God. And so the remedy that Jesus gives for this is secrecy. So now that Jesus has warned us against hypocrisy, he gives a constructive view of of how to actually practice our righteousness. Verse 3. But when you, when you give to the needy, not like the hypocrites who give so that people will see them and say, look at that person, look what they're doing, look how wonderful they are. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. You know, this passage, it could be used, it could be abused in so many different ways. And for the people who are steeped in the same hypocrisy that Jesus just condemned, the people who think that this passage, and this book, and this faith, and this church, and this life are all about them, people who believe it's all about them, they can see and hear Jesus saying this in this passage. If you give to the needy and you do it in secret, then God's going to owe you something. He's going to have to give you a reward. So don't let people know about it because then you're not going to have a reward. You know, I was, I was on the mission field in West Africa, and there would actually be some, some wealthy people there, mostly Muslim, who believe, you know, that God answers charity. And they would, they would find needy people, and they would give money to them. And if somebody ever tried to say thank you, they'd say, don't thank me, with that, with that tone of voice. Don't thank me. Because they didn't want your thanks. No. They wanted their goodies in paradise. And if you were grateful to their face, and if you were thankful, and if you said thank you, then you were going to take that away from them. And that's not why they were doing this. They were doing this for themselves. They wanted to secure, you would see, I don't want people to thank me. I don't want people to notice. I want my blessings. But is that what Jesus is saying here? Because guess what? If that's your aim, if that's your goal, then what makes you any different than the hypocrites who are doing this all for themselves? And so again, one phrase, so what what is the reward, right? Doesn't this undermine the whole thing? Jesus says, do this for God's glory, and oh, by the way, you're going to get a reward. I mean, doesn't that derail his whole argument here? 
Well, again, one phrase in the text makes everything clear. Jesus does not say, God will reward you. That's not the exact phrasing. This is the exact phrasing. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. Given the the parallelism in the text, given that the hypocrites are not going into the synagogues, they're not going in the streets, they're not doing these things, and then holding out their hand like they want some cash. No, what do they want? They want some applause. They want some praise. That's what they're really seeking after. Jesus says, don't seek after the praise that comes from men. And in our minds, we we mess this up. We say, don't seek after the praise that comes from men. Seek after the money that comes from God. And that doesn't fit, does it? We're changing two things there. It's like, don't take... Don't take the trash out to the curb. Take your mother out for lunch. It's like, what? How does that fit? You don't do this. You don't do good deeds in secret just for God. And you certainly don't do them just for a monetary reward. You do them because you want the reward of your father. You want your father's praise. You want your father to be proud of you. I don't know, I have high hopes for the next part of the sermon. I have hopes that this will make some grown men cry. Not that you seek after that. But I've met guys who've gone their entire lives never once hearing, never once knowing, never once being aware if their dads actually were proud of them or not. And they are very hurt by that. Rarely will they show it, and rarely will they disclose that to people. But they, they do feel that. And there are even some women in this room you've never heard, not once, whether your dad really was proud of you or not. And so you say to me, Ben, why are you bring this up? Huh? Why, are you, why are you digging around in my wounds? Why are you trying to touch this nerve? Because it's, there's no point Right? I mean, that was years ago. I'm never going to know if my father was proud of me or not. And you know what? I have a default thing to say probably he wasn't. But you see, you're wrong because Jesus gives you a way to know. Seek your father's glory. Give in secret, not wanting yourself to be blessed. And your father who sees in secret he will be proud of you. He'll see. There was once a man who had who'd paid off all of his debts. He paid off his house, his car, his student loans. He paid off everything. And he was at that point in his life where he was just able to put money away and start saving it. He had enough to, to give away. He had enough to be generous. And so one day he went to get breakfast at a diner. And as he was sitting down eating his meal, he, he overheard his uh, server she was standing in the back talking with one of her other employees, and she was talking about how she was worried. She didn't know how she was going to make ends meet. Her house was about to be foreclosed on. It was, just, it was a dire situation. So when he got the check, he decided to do something unusual. He put his money in the receipt holder, closed it up, set on the table, went to his car, sat down, and just waited. And so a few minutes start going by. You know, I mean, the table's dirty, so the the busters come over and they start cleaning up. And one of them, you know, looks in their seat holder 
and they excitedly call over to the server. And as she gets up and starts walking over, he turned the car on, put it in reverse, and drove away. Yeah, probably weren't expecting that. Remember, he paid for this meal in cash. There is no credit card information. There is no name. She can't run out into the parking lot, find him, and say thank you. She can't track him down through any number of services to give him a, a thank you card or anything. There's only a wad of cash in her hand and a note on her seat. Jesus Christ knew you needed this. Thank him. Jesus Christ knew you needed this. Thank him. And I have to imagine God the Father smiling down on that guy and saying, well done, my beloved son. Money may not buy happiness, but you know what? It, it can be a tool to bring glory to God our Father. We've got to give credit where credit is due, not to ourselves and our efforts, but to the wonderful, powerful working of God. You may not reap a harvest of material blessing, but selfless giving done for God's sake brings honor to him, and he will be proud. Jesus, thank you that you have, you have paid it all for us. Lord, you have given us more than we ever needed. Thank you. You did this not in secret because you deserve that glory. And you give us the option to do these things in secret so it will also bring you glory. To your glory and your praise alone. Amen.